today in SEC. First, the crew analyzed the football card market now that the Super Bowl hysteria simmered down. And later, the crew explained how to find cards to collect besides the obvious rookies. Coming up now on SEC. Welcome to episode 10 of Sports Cards Culture. I'm Chris. I'm here with Josh, Cardboard Chronicles, Nick, Stiff Arm Wax, and Christina, Christina's PC. Up first for today, football prices a week and a half after Super Bowl 55. Now that we're a week and a half removed from the Super Bowl, how are prices faring for some of the biggest stars featured in that game? Well, Travis Kelsey cards have taken a pretty big hit relative to their run-up prior to the Super Bowl. Using Card Ladder, I can see that Kelsey's 2013 Prism Rookie in a PSA 10 slab sold for as high as $800 in the days leading up to the game. That card last sold on February 16th for $468, making a decline of nearly 50% from the card's all-time high. But Travis Kelsey collectors do not need to fret. Considering the card sold for $135 in mid-November of 2020, if you bought during the regular season, you're likely still up 200 to 300%. Josh, let me bring you in to react to this. What's the bigger headline here? That Travis Kelsey's card has lost nearly half its value after peaking at $800? Or the fact that a tight ends base rookie card can command $468? Um, probably the latter. I think most people don't want to talk about prices going down after these events. They just want to kind of move on and go to the next type train and, and figure out what's going up next. And, you know, I'm, I'm the one that pays attention to when prices go, go down like that. Cause then it's an opportunity to buy. Um, and you know, we, we've seen the growth, like you said, since the beginning of the year. So there's, there's still value there. And especially in a tight end like Kelsey, who's you know, proven to be at this point, a hall of famer, one of the best tight ends of all time. I think there's a market there for him. As a quick aside, Rob Gronkowski's 2010 tops Chrome rookie in a PSA 10 set an all time high this week when it sold for $588 on Monday. So Christina, you've had Travis Kelsey on your fantasy team for years, but you also are a big Rob Gronkowski fan. Would you agree or disagree with the fact that Gronk's rookie should be about $150 more than Travis Kelsey's. Um, disagree. It should be so much more than Travis Kelsey's. <laughs> Gronk has how many Super Bowl rings now? Four? four? I think it's four. And Kelsey has one. Therefore, it should be at least 400 times more. <laughs> An episode hasn't started, and so we've had some Christina math. <laughs> All right, now let's get to the heavy hitters. Uh, it should come as no surprise that Patrick Mahomes' hobby balloon has slightly deflated over the past week and a half. Card Ladder tells me that his 2017 Prism Rookie in a PSA 10 sold for $15,500 two days before the Super Bowl. It last sold for a little north of 10k meaning that the card is down about 35% from its peak price. But as was the case with Travis Kelsey, if you bought Mahomes in mid-November when the card was trading at around $5,500, you are still up nearly 100%. You're just not up as big as you were right before the Super Bowl. All right, so Josh, let's talk to the Mahomes collectors out there. We're just now entering a long NFL offseason. Mahomes is a young but highly decorated quarterback. From your point of view, what's the state of Patrick Mahomes' collectability right now? Should this recent retraction cause any concern 
among Mahomes collectors. No, I mean, Mahomes is still extremely young. He's gotten to three straight AFC championships, two straight Super Bowls. Uh, you know, things are looking very bright for him in his future. And like I said before, right after something goes down, that's as a collector, that's when I'm looking to pick up stuff. This is the perfect time to buy. I would say now and over the next few months, it's a good time to buy Mahomes. He might steadily go down a little bit more in the next month or so. So if I'm a collector, now's the time. Yeah, and you know, I don't mind um, a stress test being applied to the market for a young player. Um, I think we've seen NBA prospects get stress tests in the beginning of this NBA season. And I think now Patrick Mahomes' market is going through a stress test. Um, it's hard to say that getting to the Super Bowl but losing is like disappointing, but like for Mahomes and the Chiefs, it almost was somehow. How do you think Mahomes' market is weathering um, the current, you know, little bit of loss of energy? I don't quite see as many Mahomes cards being posted on Instagram right now as there were a few weeks ago. How do you think Mahomes collectors are weathering uh, this period of time? Because we all know that the hype for Mahomes is going to be crazy going into next season. I think it's doing pretty well. Honestly, I thought it would dip quite a bit below 10,000 just based on where that card was, like you said, in November and even at the beginning of the season when it was like two grand. So I think it's still doing very well. It's holding up to the rest of the hobby, which is all, you know, 2Xing at this point. So I I think it's doing fine. I wouldn't have any cause for concern. I mean, he's coming off of a, like you said, disappointing Super Bowl where he was favored and he lost and he's still holding up strong. I agree. Uh, All right, finally, let's touch on Tom Brady. The day after the Super Bowl, Brady's 2000 Bowman Chrome PSA 10 sold for $28,000. This week, sales have ranged from between $21,000 and $23,000, marking a decline of roughly 20% from the peak. The card is currently up 210% since mid-November. At that time, it sold for the $7,500 range. So, Christina... Yes. Are you a buyer of Tom Brady's Bowman Chrome PSA 10 at $22,000? Or if you don't want to spend the cash, would you trade $22,000 worth of cards in your collection to land a copy of the 2000 Bowman Chrome Tom Brady PSA 10? This is a tough one, right? Because I really love Tom Brady as the GOAT, as an amazing football player. But I'm not interested in collecting him. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that a little bit because um, hateful. That's a really nuanced I mean, point. That's really nuanced point. That like you, even as a collector, as a hardcore hobbyist, you can be a fan of a player and never have to own a single card of theirs, and you're you're at peace with that. You're content with that. Yeah, I think that like honestly, like if I owned a Brady card, it would almost be like idolatry like it would be blasphemous because like (laughs) there is only one god and his name is tom brady and like (laughs) so you're saying tom brady is too collectible you just it would yeah it would would, i don't know i just (laughs) josh do you have can you can you write this ship josh do you have any thoughts on this i i can't i'm trying to like piece together what christina's saying right here but i don't know i think collecting someone like that if you own zero cards is a is almost like an uh you know unwinnable task like you just can't you can't climb that mountain and for collectors like like you and i and christina we like to sink our teeth into a collection and really like get good pieces and we knew we know that like with brady it would just it would just be take forever and you would never get the cards you actually wanted and you're just sort of like throwing your arms up in the air 
Thank you, Josh. I feel like Josh just gets me. <laughs> <laughs> I was flailing in the wind there, but uh, I think Josh, Josh righted the ship. Okay, let me recap quickly and check in with Josh for some final thoughts here on the football market after the Super Bowl. So Mahomes up 100% since November, down 35% since the peak. Brady up 210% since November, down 20% from the peak. And Travis Kelsey up 250% since November, down 42% from the peak. All right, Josh, so this data is fun to look at, but how, if at all, can we learn from it in a way that makes us better hobbyists? I'll tell you one of my takeaways quickly. Uh, Whether you bought Mahomes, Brady, or Kelsey, these guys are elite, proven, winning players, and you're doing quite well compared to just three months ago, no matter which one of these guys' cards that you own. So from my point of view, enjoy the ride and don't get bogged down too much in short-term fluctuations. Let me throw it over to you. What can we learn about this uh, data, if at all, if, if, if it's even useful at all? What can we learn from it that can help make us better hobbyists? Yeah, I think, I mean, we stated this before the Super Bowl that like no matter who wins after the Super Bowl is over, the weeks after it, the prices are going to go down. Uh, and I mean, if Brady and LeBron prices go down after winning a championship, then literally no one is immune to this. Uh, those two guys are, you know, separating themselves like by a wide margin in their in their sports, uh, you know, of active players. So if those guys are going down, you know, just I think the lesson to be learned once again is like don't buy into the hype of something. You don't need FOMO just because the Super Bowl is happening this weekend doesn't mean you need to go buy a card today. Uh, I know that's very difficult to do because the emotions of cards and the Super Bowl and, and all these things run very high. And there's this feeling that, oh, if I don't buy before the Super Bowl, I'm never going to own a card again. And there's lots of people thinking that. And then there's lots of people selling after it's over. So, like, there's always a chance. Oh, that's great advice. That's that's advice of somebody who's been doing it for years. Um, you know, we do, we like to, I don't like to do this too much, but sometimes it's fun. We don't like to compare across sports because it doesn't make sense for a lot of reasons. But Jordan Fleer PSA 10 is at like 600,000, um, a little more, uh, according to the most recent Golden Auction. Got as high as 720. That card's a pop 316. Uh, LeBron 2003 Tops Chrome Base PSA 10, which I think is around a pop 2000. That card is at 40 to 50K. Same goes for the 1996 Tops Chrome Kobe PSA 10, also like around 40 to 50K. But the Brady Bowman Chrome PSA 10 is around 21 to 23k is it crazy to think that before next season begins that brady card could be a 40,000 a 50,000 dollar card let me ask josh first and then christina second yeah i've seen a lot of people post that you know like trying to trying to equate the two uh i think it's a little bit more complicated than that to just say like oh brady is the same as lebron and kobe and jordan he should be the same price you know there's the basketball to football comparison like you mentioned so i don't know if it's as clean as that um so i don't know that i've jumped to that conclusion necessarily the the two the two groups of people that collect brady and the other groups are very different and i don't it's kind of apples to oranges yeah it definitely is uh christina what do you think I think that we're going to see a lot of random jumps before next seasons with athletes and celebrities getting into the hobby. I think that a lot of athletes think that Brady is a GOAT. Uh, LeBron even tweeted out uh, after he won number seven, like GOAT status or something to that effect. Like, And people were talking about like, he's a GOAT across all sports now because he's seven. Like that was like the ESPN and like 
uh, like talking heads that are on sh- like TV. But I think we're going to see that like maybe you don't want to collect your friend and you want to collect the goat. It would be weird to collect your contemporaries and your peers. It wouldn't be weird probably to collect foundational figures in your sport. So, you know, somebody in baseball collected Mickey Mantle makes a lot of sense as an yeah. example of that. Um, but I, I think your point is well taken that, like, younger guys, 30s, 40s athletes are probably not going to collect too many of their contemporaries. So, interesting point. Coming up, where do collectors turn when rookie cards get too expensive? Imagine everything you love about the hobby in the palm of your hand. An entire store at your fingertips. Everything you need to know about cards is within your grasp. Unlock the secrets of the hobby. Plus, so much more. You don't have to imagine anymore. It's here. Card Ladder. Get the app today. Watching SCC Sports Cards Culture. Keep up with the crew and follow them on all the socials. Plus, join Josh and Chris and sometimes special guest Christina every Friday night on Instagram Live. The crossover. So in the last segment, we just talked about base PSA 10 rookie cards for Mahomes and Brady, and both were valued in the five-figure range. And those are base rookie cards. So each of those guys also have numbered rookies and RPAs that are well into the six-figure range. So, Josh, I want to ask you a series of questions on this topic, but I want to start with the basics and then build up from there. So, my first question to you is a very simple one. Why are rookie cards so desired, and why do prices for rookie cards get so high? Um, This one is a direct correlation to all of the new collectors coming into the hobby. The the base rookie card is just the easiest one for new collectors to understand. If you don't know anything else about the hobby and you're coming in, you have a lot of money you want to spend on on cards, uh, you're probably going to buy a PSA 10 rookie base card of your favorite player. And that just kind of like pushes all this money into Jordan Fleer, Brady Bowman Chrome, Brady Contenders, LeBron Tops Chrome. And I think that's just really the easy explanation. Like, that's just what those guys know. And that's what they hear on all the different content streams. Like, oh, if you're going to buy stock in LeBron, it needs to be the Tops Chrome, you know, or it needs to be the Fleer for Jordan. It's kind of the same stuff over and over. Okay. Now, a second question. At a certain point, rookie cards get so expensive that they end up pricing people out or you know alternatively rookie cars can get so expensive that the prices you know maybe you're not priced out but it just doesn't make sense anymore like for me a card has become too expensive if i a no longer could easily get to cash to buy it or b i don't want it badly enough that i trade cards in my pc for it at its current value 
So like I couldn't tell you exactly what the price is for a given card, like when it when that when it crosses that threshold to becoming too expensive, but I can definitely sense when a card gets to that point. So my question to you is what indicators do you look at to tell you looks like a rookie card might be verging on or it might even be overvalued or too expensive? I mean, the other simple one is to look at the all-time sales history of a card and look at and zoom in on the last, you know, three to six months. And in the case of a lot of that stuff, it's all, I mean, you're pointing it out with the football, like three to five X, 10 X for the Jordan Fleer, you know, 10 X for LeBron Chrome. It's like, that's just, that's an indicator to me that like, it's just gone up too much too fast. And that's what I'm priced out. I'm not going to pay 10x what it was six months ago and it's not just like a matter of pride you know i don't want to be the one paying 10x for what it was six months ago because i was wrong but like that just doesn't make any sense historically in the finan- in any financial market so i don't know that i would jump into something like that for sure i think a card is too expensive for a rookie card when if i could have had it at x dollars and i didn't want it i am not picking it up at five x dollars just because other people are talking about it. Okay. So you're, so you're saying what what changed? You didn't yeah. want it at the previous price. If nothing has changed except like the hype and the momentum of the card, you're not going to suddenly change your opinion and, yeah. and succumb to the FOMO, basically. Exactly. Especially in like rookie classes now. Mm. Like there are so many different products that you can look at to find a interesting rookie card that could have a low pop no one really knows um about no one talks about but it looks amazing and i think that there's plenty of fish in the sea (laughs) okay all right all right uh now let me move on to the big question the the centerpiece of this discussion Suppose that, in fact, rookie cards of a certain player, multiple players, have, in our judgment, reached a point of being too expensive. Josh, I want you to walk us through some of the alternatives that are available to collectors who want to enjoy collecting a player in a fun and financially sound fashion. I mean, the easy answer is, you know, non-rookies. I think this is sort of a broader topic that gets into... You know, with all this new money and new collectors coming in and buying sort of the quote-unquote like boring common stuff, you know, the stuff that's like the safe bet or whatever, eventually even those people are going to get bored of that and they're going to start venturing out. The, the ones that stick around in the hobby and, and become collectors, they're going to start venturing out into, into new avenues. What are they going to start buying? They're probably going to start buying things that they like. Uh, so if you, you know, get ahead of that and start buying things you like, eventually people will start to pick up on what on what's nice and what what's, uh, you know, cool-looking cards and things like that. So I think the easy answer that we could probably say to anything is like start buying what you like, start researching other cards, uh, figuring out what sets there are from non-rookie years. If for like LeBron, you're looking at mid 2000 stuff, then you get into Panini, which is your favorite era, which is your favorite sets and designs. Like start understanding all of the concepts that that go along with cards and rarity and all this stuff. Just start researching and figuring out what you like because it's this surface level of like oh just buy the PSA 10 Chrome rookie of a player is incredibly easy to figure out. You can figure out that in the first 20 minutes of being a collector. The real work and effort and fun comes in researching everything else. And, uh, you know, all all these new people that are coming in right now, a a big swath of those people are going to start doing the same thing. They're going to get bored of the the PSA 10 top scroll. We've seen this wave over and over before. There's a big bump and that kind of stuff. New people come in. 
they start moving into non-rookie stuff. They start moving into refractors and autographs, and then we just sort of like oscillate back and forth between this. Yeah, and uh, so there, there is a lot there for people to digest, and I want to pull out one thread of it. Um, Christina, you yes. recently performed a research project in which you researched every product from the 2018 Panini basketball run, which was like 30 or so, and... How did you, so like, let's say somebody finds themselves in a position where, you know, maybe it's 2012 basketball products, maybe it's 2007 football products. I'm just making stuff up here. But if somebody wanted to say, hey, let me look at some other products or some other years, how did you go about doing research to discover the other products? Well, first, you go to Card Ladder <laughs> and you see what we have in the database. <laughs> okay, plug over. Um, then you go to other avenues. So um, one very, very amazing research tool that I adore is Cardboard Connection. So um, they're easy to go and find the products for basketball or football or hockey, baseball, whatnot. And you can go by year. You can go by product. You can do uh, like site-wide site search. Um, and that's how I moved forward. Um, you can also go to trading card database. Yes. Trading yep. card database and 130 point. 130 point has checklists has as well. Checklists. So like you can download, um, a checklist to see the different products, uh, and how many rookie cards or how many times the player of your choice is in products of that year. And then you can just go to eBay and search that random card or cardboard connection or trading database um, or card ladder to see if that card is there. And if you like the design, what the pop report is, um, you could also see like the different grades and like you can just just research to your heart's content yeah what's nice about cardboard connection trading card db um they're very comprehensive so i've i almost never in researching the close to eight thousand cards there in the card letter database almost never has a card not been covered by at least one of those two databases correct and on card ladder we put links to at least one of those two databases on the card profile for every page so that you can do further research if you'd like to uh, now, what's nice about both of those pages is that if a card is serial numbered, it's indicated. So that can be helpful to, you know, maybe I want to look at some of the more rare parallels that certain cards have. And then the next step to complete the link or to complete the chain is uh, then you want to go to a platform like eBay and you want to, once you've identified a card that might be interesting, you want to just do a little searching for the card, see, you know, what type of prices it goes for. You know, you want to ch start looking at pop reports. At Card Ladder, we tried to aggregate all that information for you in the platform. And we've tried to get really diverse, different types of cards into the database. So if the card isn't Card Ladder, then like all this work is done for you. You just go to the card's profile, you have links to references, you have a curated eBay button that you, you have can have a nice hit. picture. You have a picture of it, you have an all time sales history. But if you don't you have, have that, report. if you don't have that, then these are some of the ways that you can research. All right, now. Let me throw this over to Josh to see if he, he can fill in any, any extra gaps on how collectors can discover, look into, and find uh, new cards they might like to collect. Yeah, my favorite way is, to, is Instagram. 
uh, I definitely hit up the resources that Christina pointed out. My next is Instagram. I go to Instagram and I start searching for tags of players or sets. And then I start to find people who posted that stuff, look through their pictures, see if they have things that are similar. I look through who they follow, because if they're interested in that topic, the people that they follow definitely are. Look at who has the most followers and their followers, and then start asking around, like, you know, teach me about this. Because I think the best way to learn is to uh, learn from someone who knows more about that, that specific set or card or player more than you. And so, like, once I started diving into football last year, for example, I just started hitting up, like... 10, 20, 30 guys on Instagram who collected football and just started asking a bunch of questions. Which sets should I be focused on, you know, in terms of like, what do most guys like? And then like, what are the parallels out of that that I enjoy more than others? Things like that. Ah, that's such good advice. So much in the hobby is based on consensus. What brand, what product, what set, what parallel uh, is favored in the market is really, you know, the product of history and uh, consensus among collectors who have come before us and who have been involved a lot longer than we have. Uh, any any of us, even those of us who have been here for 10, 20 years, you know, we at one point in time or even still look up to the collectors who came before us. So, like, getting insight from the community is such a great tip. Um, and it can be reinforced with the research tools that Christina pointed out. And then there's also Facebook groups dedicated to certain players, you know, certain sets um, but uh, as always, you kind of have to be able to filter out the pump and the hype threads and distill them down to, you know, here are the collectors who really know their stuff and here are the people who maybe don't. Uh, but I, I think that's great advice to, you know, start browsing Instagram. And then if you have questions, you know, a collector is usually just a DM away. So you just fire off a DM and you can get to them. All right. Uh, that was a great uh, crash course in how to find other cards if the rookie cards just aren't doing it for you anymore. Uh, and with that, we will conclude episode 10 of Sports Cards Culture. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Tell us in the comment section below what the crew should cover next week, and don't forget to subscribe. See you next time in SCC Sports Cards Culture.